This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! That's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. If you are on social media with any regularity, you might have noticed some evangelical celebrities or theologians referencing the Enneagram. Now, this is a circle with nine points. It's connected with lines, typing people into nine basic personalities. And the idea is that people can cast off their personal shackles by understanding where they fit into the Enneagram. And evangelical publishers have really jumped on this bandwagon in a big way. There have been a barrage of books on the topic in the last few years. There was one writer noting megachurch pastors preach the system from live stream pulpits and ministers of smaller churches work it into their sermons. Christians are shelling out hundreds of dollars for sessions with professional Enneagram coaches to find their type and to pursue self-development. Others spend even more to become coaches themselves. In fact, your Enneagram coach, which is perhaps the premier Enneagram coaching service targeting evangelicals, offers individual coaching sessions at 120 $25. That's a lot of money. And you can enroll in a course, by the way, to become a coach for something around $1,500 or so if you want to spend that kind of money on that kind of thing. But is the Enneagram really compatible with the Word of God? What are its true origins? Is it really ancient, as many claim? And who is responsible for ushering it into its modern popularity? Well, one of the people we have to take a look at when we examine the Enneagram is Franciscan friar Richard Rohr. He wrote the Enneagram, A Christian Perspective, and discovered the Enneagram and knowing more about his views and that of others who promote this alleged personality typing system is going to help us to discern this movement biblically. So we are going to get some help with that today from my next guest, Don Vino. Don is president of Midwest Christian Outreach and co-author with his wife, Joy, and Marsha Montenegro of the new book called Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret. And Don, it's wonderful to have you here. How are you? I am. Uh, here's my stock line. Are you ready? Yes. I am fat and good looking. <laughs> <laughs> and doing well, I, I I hope and I pray that you're doing well as well. But that's that's a good line. I like that. Not true, but I, it, I, I use it all the time when I call tech people because they have a harried life, and if I can get them to smile, my life gets easier immediately. So. That is true. That is true. <laughs> you know, Don, you've been doing discernment and apologetics for a very long time with Midwest Christian Outreach. When did you first become? aware of the Enneagram and this movement that began to build within evangelical circles? Those are actually two different questions. When we first became aware of it, uh, my wife and I read a book by a uh, an acquaintance by the name of Father Mitch Pacwa. He's a Roman Catholic. Uh, and he wrote a book produced in 1992 titled Catholics and the New Age, How Good People Are Being Drawn into Jungian Psychology, the Enneagram, and the Age of Aquarius. So he was really concerned in 1992 about this issue and has two chapters devoted to the Enneagram. Now, to be honest, as we read it, we thought, okay, this impacts Roman Catholics to some degree, at least a handful of them. 
But it's not really something that we need to focus on because there's no way that evangelicals would be duped into something as New Age and occultic as the Enneagram. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) How funny. (laughs) That's a good joke. (laughs) It it is, and it's sad to say. And uh, then in 2011... Our friend and uh, and uh, associate, Marsha Montenegro, former New Ager herself, uh, was a professional astrologer. In fact, uh, she was so good at what she did, She in Atlanta, you have to be licensed to be an astrologer. She's the one who wrote the test. Uh-huh. Since then, she came to the faith, and in 2011, she was watching the Enneagram growth in New Age and a little bit with some progressives, uh, but mostly New Age, very popular New Age, and occult circles. In fact, there's roughly a 435 titles devoted to the Enneagram within New Age circles. Goodness. So, but again, it didn't raise any concern for us because it really wasn't in the evangelical church until 2016. And then a truly amazing event occurred. A so-called Christian publisher, uh, InterVarsity Press, produced the first book on the Enneagram into evangelical circles. And it became a runaway bestseller. Mm -hmm. I was amazed by that. Mm -hmm. So at that point, we started... Several of us started writing articles, doing research, saying, here's where this comes from, here's what this is, here's what it actually claims for itself by the authors that are promoting it. Uh, The primary sources at that time were coming through a discipler, we'll call him, Richard Rohr, Roman Catholic Franciscan monk, uh, uh, who's the founder of the uh, Center for Action and Contemplation, and nearly... All of the best-selling authors are his disciples. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And and it was billed as this ancient symbol, right? And and yet you've discovered it obviously was not ancient whatsoever. And, and it's kind of an interesting background because this is something that's really rooted in mysticism and occultism, as you point out. It, it absolutely is. It, it initially was developed by a Russian mystic by the name of George Gurdjieff. Now, Gurdjieff, uh, he was born in the run 1866-ish. We don't have an exact fix on that. But uh, uh, he developed this. Uh, he was very familiar with uh, theosophy, for example, Madame Helena Petrovna Blavatsky. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and other uh, very occultic ideas and ideals that were popular in his part of the world at the time. Uh, and uh, so he developed this symbol. It's a circle with uh, a triangle and two other sort of uh, odd-shaped figures that intersect with the circle at nine places. Now, he claimed it was the description of everything in the cosmos. So you could understand everything in the cosmos if you understood how the Enneagram operated. There was no personality types to it. It was nothing like that associated with it. At a later time, in 1954, sort of a liberal Christian, let's say, uh, grabbed a hold of the symbol, he sort of liked it, and thought he could Christianize it in a way. And what he did was he applied some of the astrology-type concepts to it, where each point was either a planet or uh, something to do with your uh, anatomy. Hmm. And uh, that didn't really go anywhere. 
but this was the first attempt to do something other than explain the cosmos. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. so so it doesn't go back to the Desert Fathers because that was one of the claims that's been thrown around. Oh, this was an ancient symbol and, yeah. and is used by those you know thousands of years ago, hundreds of years ago. Not true, right? It is absolutely not true. And And the one who invented that, actually two people invented that claim together, uh, Oscar Echazo uh, and uh, Oscar Echazo and um, Claudio Naranjo. Yeah. Oscar Echazo was a Bolivian uh, who who grabbed a hold of it and started using it for what he called ego fixations. Now the claim is that he got his information about how to understand it from two angels. One of them he called Metatron. Sounds like a Disney character almost. <laughs> uh, and the other one is the Green Ketub. Uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Probably not a source I would go to for spiritual understanding, but uh, that's no. where he claimed he got it. Yeah, with, with uh, he ran, didn't he run an occult school in Chile? He did. He did. Arica, it was the Eureka School in Chile. Uh, and he then had a disciple uh, by the name of Claudio Naranjo. Now, the ancient story comes from Claudio and uh, and uh, Oscar. And we have that actually on videotape. It's online, and it was a 2010 interview with Claudio where he said <laughs> two things, really important two things. One, he is the one who added the personality aspects to it, and he got all of them through automatic writing. Oh. That is an occult practice. Yes, it is. Two, as to his ancient origins, he said, we made that up. Uh, we took that from Oscar Wilde, who said, if you want your ideas to be really famous, attribute it to a famous person. Good grief. Don, hang on just a moment. We'll pause for a short break. Don Vino with us talking about his book, Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret. We'll come right back on Janet Mefford today after this. Are you in need of a health care program? You're in luck. As a member of Liberty HealthShare, you're part of a community that comes together to share their medical expenses. You can sign up throughout the year with memberships starting as early as the following month. And there are no contracts or commitments. Programs start as low as $199 per month, and there's no network, so you can choose your own doctors and hospitals. Liberty HealthShare is a nonprofit ministry, not insurance, so your money goes toward helping other members with their eligible medical expenses. And in your time of need, other members are there for you, too. You can feel good knowing you're part of a community of like-minded individuals who understand the importance of people coming together to bear one another's burdens. Find out more by calling 855-565-2561. That's 855-565-2561. Or visit libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. That's libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Hi, this is Janet Mefford for Preborn. Candace talks about finding out she was pregnant. Thankfully, an ultrasound provided by Preborn allowed her to hear her baby's heartbeat. The sonogram sealed the deal for me. My baby was like this tiny little spectrum of hope. And I saw his heart beating on the screen. And knowing that there's life growing inside, I mean, that sonogram changed my life. I went from just Candace to mom. Thank you to everybody that has given these gifts. 
You guys are giving more than money. You guys are giving love. Preborn has 10 centers that do not have ultrasound machines. Would you make a leadership gift and sponsor a machine today? These life-saving machines cost more than most centers can afford. Your tax-deductible gift of $15,000 will place a machine in a needy women's center and save countless lives for years to come. To donate, call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-BABY, or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. Great to have you with us and great to have with us Don Vino, president of Midwest Christian Outreach. He and his wife, Joy, and Marsha Montenegro have put together a great new book. If you've seen anything online about the Enneagram and you've seen some of these evangelical celebrities all in favor of it, you're going to want to get this book. It's called Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret. And Don, we've been going through some of the history of the Enneagram. It's been claimed that it was an ancient symbol and there were all these sorts of wonderful things going back to the Desert Fathers. And in fact, you said these more modern purveyors of the Enneagram actually came together and said, you know, the Oscar Wilde line that you mentioned before, you know, if you claim that something is ancient, that, you know, this is this can be good for you, then you can, you know, make more progress with your idea. Right. If you can if you can claim that it's ancient, if you his his statement was, if you want your idea to become famous, attribute it to a famous person. Hmm. So they claimed it was ancient and Others have tried to tie it back to, well, maybe the Desert Fathers used it, and uh, in the 4th century, a couple of them uh, were, you know, talking about numbers, and one of them was drawing geometric designs, uh, and then they say he was drawing the Enneagram. It is absolutely untrue. Wow. We have no record of that happening. Crazy. Uh, and so the claim that it's ancient was invented by two individuals, but the myth of ancientness has carried on since then to kind of give a credibility. I don't believe, even if it was ancient, I don't believe that helps for this reason. Because the claim that it's ancient says it's ancient and goes back to Sufis, to Babylon, to uh, others, uh, uh, mystical Judaism, the Kabbalah. In other words, it goes back to occult origins if it was ancient, but it's not. We know that that was an invented story. It's not ancient. It was didn't come into being until 1916 was the first time it was introduced uh, into Western culture. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, now, you also mentioned that this Roman Catholic Jesuit priest was at Esalen, this New Age group, and learned about Correct. this and then introduced it into the Catholic Church. You, you talked about the book that you read uh, from a Roman Catholic Jesuit priest who was warning Catholics about this heresy. But then it gets to Richard Rohr, and of course, that's the name of the guy who's in the title of your book. Tell us who Richard Rohr is and what his deal is. Why is he the one to focus on when you're talking about the Enneagram? Well, Richard Rohr is, for, for a couple of reasons. One is he sort of has become the resident theologian for progressive Christianity today. Yeah. I, I'm not exactly certain how that happened. Uh, but he was introduced to it at approximately the same time that Mitch Pacwa. Uh, the Jesuit was introduced to it. Mitch Pacwa later abandoned it because he realized it just doesn't work. If you take the Enneagram test today and then take it six months from now, you'll have a completely different number because mm-hmm. it's not scientific. It's just um, self-authenticating. Richard Rohr took a hold of it and actually built a whole theology into it. Uh, so it becomes... Uh, enormously spiritual. It isn't a personality type. In fact, 
uh, uh, Russ Hudson uh, has said, it isn't a type of person, but a path to God. So you have nine paths to God. That makes it powerful from the Richard Rohr standpoint, because that's the tact he takes. Uh, In fact, he claims the Enneagram is the face of God. When you look at the Enneagram, you're actually seeing the face of God. Oh, good grief. That's crazy. Uh, That's crazy. He's got a quote here. The purpose of the Enneagram is not self-improvement, which would be our ego's goal. Rather, it is the transformation of consciousness so that we can realize our essence, our true self. Now we're getting into a Hindu-sounding sort of situation. Sort of. Uh, the Enneagram, and it's unfortunate that uh, the Christian celebrities who are endorsing it uh, have not applied any theological um, uh, tools to ask the questions of what is it teaching. Because it comes from a source other than God. It comes from a different source than Scripture. It has a different God, a different Christ, a different explanation of the human condition, a different gospel, and a different salvation. Other than that, it might be okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, hey, it made the it passed the emergent test right there, right, Don? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of did, and it's unfortunate. <sighs> so the, the origins, quite aside, we can say we can say they're not true, but that really almost isn't even the issue. Yeah. The issue is. What does it teach in the core issues of the faith? The claim that it's just a personality profile, which is what many think it is, kind of like the Myers-Briggs profile, it is not. It is a path to, quote, your true self. There are nine paths, and you have to figure out which one is your personal path. Now you have to ask the question, okay, what is true self? What does that mean? How do they define that? Well, your true self is this your unsinful self that is with God, has always been with God, has never been separated from God, but you are unaware of that because you have constructed a false self, a false identity, a false belief about yourself, believing that you're a sinner separated from God. Mm. And so the purpose of the Enneagram is to help you shake off your false belief that you are a sinner to get to your true self, which is real, recognizes that you are not a sinner and that you are in Christ. Well, this begs the question, why in the world would any Christian, any evangelical believer be involved in embracing a tool like that that is antithetical to the Christian faith? Because they are not asking the right questions. Yeah. Well, yeah, because people see it just, oh, it's just kind of a fun personality test. Like you said, it's kind of like Myers-Briggs. That's what most people think. Right. That's exactly what most people think. And and is represented as a tool. And you have added to this a dynamic that I call the good old boys club. The good old boys club works like this. A publisher that I trust produces a book that I think has been theologically vetted, <laughs> let's say like something from University Press. <laughs> They have somebody there that has theological training, and in the process of editing books, they review the theology. It isn't so. It Correct. doesn't happen. Right. Uh, and so because I can buy this book from InterVarsity Press, which is now a popular seller, that means it really must be Christian. And if it's Christian and a bestseller, that means it's going to help my church 
And as a pastor, I want my church to grow spiritually and, and mature. And so I buy this book, and I don't ask the critical questions like, what do they mean by true self? Where does that come from? Well, wait a minute. If uh, Christopher Huertz, one of the uh, authors of, uh, of um, the uh, Sacred Enneagram, uh, he says, it, 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 he quotes his uh, mentor, Russ Hudson, who says, it is not a type of person, uh, it is a path to God. So they tell you in the book what it is, but no one's paying attention. They're looking for, how can I apply this in small groups? How can I use this for new membership classes? They're asking all the wrong questions. They're not saying, how are these people defining their terms? Right. That is critical. It is critical. And people also need to understand, this may sound a little cynical, but I know the landscape like you do, Don. Uh, these publishers, many of them, are not concerned about biblical truth anymore. They're concerned about what will sell. And if something is a trend within evangelical circles, even just a little bit, and they can sniff out a trend, they will try to hop on that train, and they don't really care, some of them, whether or not it's true. I mean, that's that's just the stark reality out there, which means you also have to be discerning about which publisher you're buying from. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and sadly... I want to be a little careful. I, I can be harsh on pastors, and I don't want to do that, because I think most pastors want to serve their congregations well. Mm-hmm. They have limited time and energy to investigate everything coming down the pike. Right. I think that's true. Right. Uh, most of them have no apologetically trained individuals within their congregation, and in defense of pastors who are fearful of apologetics, there are some, quote, discernment ministries out there, end quote, that are just mean-spirited. Yes. So yes. that works against them. Yeah, very true, very true. Oh, those discerners, they're always screaming about something. But, I mean, isn't, oh, it, isn't it true, though, Don, that, that when you're looking at how Richard Rohr got in on this in the 1990s and started promoting this and kind of was the discipler for the evangelical authors that were to come, talking about the Enneagram, he got in through the emergent progressive movement as the next step after contemplative prayer. Now, that's that's a key point because there were a lot of evangelicals that really got into that. Ooh, let's go back to the Desert Fathers, Lectio Divina, and all that. Right, right, right. And and guess who one of the main sources of that was? Richard Rohr. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, there you have it. Now, now here's, it's funny you go back to 1990s, because in 1992, a book was written by Richard Rohr and a Lutheran minister, Andreas Ebert, called Discovering the Enneagram, an Ancient Tool for a New Spiritual Journey. Uh, it was uh, published in 1992, Crossroad, uh, New York, where they, there's two statements that are very important. Number one, the Enneagram, they write, is a mysterious model of the psyche that is not originally Christian. The second one, I believe that the Enneagram can help us find a deeper and more authentic relationship with God, even though it was not discovered by Christians. Hmm. Wow. So they tell you in 1992, this isn't Christian, it doesn't come from Christianity, it has nothing to do with Christianity, it wasn't discovered by Christians, but we like it. Hmm. Uh, Good grief. Good grief. Right. If that doesn't set up a whole line of red flags, something's wrong. It it really ought to, but, you know, most Christian leadership are not familiar with this because they're not doing their homework. They are embracing what 
the good old boy, boy network says is okay. I can trust this one because Pastor Fred said it's good, because InterVarsity Press says it's Christian or whatever. Uh, so, yes, it got in through the progressive church. And there's an interesting sort of line. I haven't written on this, but there's a kind of an interesting process that we might see happening. Hang on, Don. We're going to hold you over to the next break to reveal that. Don Vino with us, Richard Rohr, and the Enneagram Secret. We'll come back on Janet Meffer today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Welcome back. Well, people are endlessly fascinated with themselves, and that's just the way it is out there. And Christians sometimes are no different. We love these Myers-Briggs personality tests, and we want to find out what our strengths and weaknesses are. And one of the tools a lot of Christians have gotten into is the Enneagram. But is the Enneagram actually something that you could possibly get into if you really knew the roots of this tool? Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret is the name of the new book from my guest Don Vino, president of Midwest Christian Outreach. He and his wife, Joy, and Marsha Montenegro all penned this wonderful book. Now, I want to let you pick up, Don, where we had to leave off there. We had a little cliffhanger. Can you finish up where we were discussing, what we were discussing right before the break? I can. Uh, in the uh, late uh, 1990s and early 2000s, you had uh, certain sort of, let's call them mystics, uh, operating within the evangelical church. And you had the emergent, emergence of the emergent church leadership. Uh, at about the same time, a young man named Aaron Nyquist, who was a worship leader at Willow Creek Community Church in Barrington, South Barrington, Illinois, uh, came out uh, and uh, uh, talked about how that a particular book he was reading by a particular, quote, theologian, unquote, named Richard Rohr, revolutionized his understanding of the Christian faith. Well, it would do that if you read Richard Rohr, because he has a decidedly different understanding of what he calls the Christian faith. At about the same time, uh, something called uh, the Ancient Future Conferences began in Lombard, Illinois, at Northern Baptist Theological Seminary, which included uh, several of the contemplative teachers including Richard Rohr and, and others, hmm. uh, very popular contemplative teachers. So that then started becoming permeated into and embedded into the progressive church. In turn, as time went on, it started infiltrating from the progressives into the evangelical church. So this all has a long line of history, which was gradual. It wasn't fast. It only seems fast because it made its emergence in 2016 through uh, three Christian publishers. Wow. So. wow. Well, I want people to hear for themselves a little bit about Richard Rohr in his own words. I've got a clip here of Richard Rohr talking about who he believes Jesus really is. This is a discussion, a little discussion here on John fourteen six. Listen to Richard Rohr. In general... The three synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are about Jesus. John is about Christ. 
And the reason we have so misused and misinterpreted John's gospel is this is the eternal archetypal Christ talking. He can say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But he's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about this mystery, this amalgam of matter and spirit, which is the way for everybody that you discover spirit in this material universe. That was true for the native religions. was true for Judaism. It was certainly apparent in Hinduism, if you've ever been to India, where gods are everywhere. The sacred is everywhere. It's all sacred. It's sort of shocking for us prudish Christians. Uh, this is sacred too, you know. It's all one sacred universe. But we got a lot of unlearning to do. And that's why we teach contemplation, because contemplation is mostly unlearning. Good grief. This is the guy who has popularized the Enneagram. Don, that's just flat heresy. We don't have a different Christ separate from Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, the living uh, Son of God, and that's a false Christ he's talking about there. Well, it is. Now, here's just to back up. There's two points. I'm going to say the words, and I'll define the words and explain why they become important, because we discover that the Enneagram teachers are teaching a different God, a different Christ, a different salvation, all the way down the line. There's nothing Christian about it. Number one, they are, he calls himself a panentheist. That's a kind of a long word most haven't heard of. It. It's, not, it's not Hinduism. It's not pantheism where God is in, where God is everything. Panentheism is the idea that God is in everything. The, the creation is God's body. God is bigger than the creation, but the creation is God. Christ According to Richard Rohr, uh, the cre- when God spoke and everything began existing, that was the first incarnation of Christ. Oh, wow. And so you read that in his books like The Universal Christ. All matter, everything that exists, including you and I, are in Christ already. And Christ is in us because the creation is the Christ. Jesus, the human... Uh, became the Christ at the resurrection. Mm. And so that's what John is teaching about, when this human, Jesus, became the Christ. And guess what? You and I can too as well, because we are part of the cosmos, the creation. Mm. And we are already in Christ. There is no need for salvation because we never were lost. We were never separated from God. The Bible is simply not trustworthy. Yeah, it's horrifying. I mean, because that takes away everything we know that Jesus is the second person of the Trinity and the eternal Son of God. Throughout the Old Testament, you had pre-incarnate Christ's, uh, Christ appearing in various uh, sections of Scripture. So Christ has always existed. He was incarnated when he was born as a baby in Bethlehem. But as the eternal Son of God, he has always existed. Correct. That's correct. He was incarnated. He took on human physicality and human nature. Uh, and but continued to be. He always was God. He always continues to be God. He's eternally God forever. Uh, and he did incarnate into uh, the physical space we call the universe. He took on human nature. He didn't take on the nature of the cosmos. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's complete right. heresy. How does this work its way into the Enneagram and Rohr's teaching on the Enneagram? In other words, people, I'm sure, are listening and saying, okay, well, he's nuts and he's teaching anti-Christian theology. But if I take the Enneagram and I just learn about personality typing, what harm does it do? Well, you have to ask the question, what is the personality typing for? It is not a type of person. It isn't that you act a certain way because you are 
you know, uh, type one, it is that these are your false beliefs about yourself. And so you need to get on, you know, say path number one, which will take you, help guide you to the place where you realize that you were never lost from God. You have always been with God. You are in Christ already because you're part of the cosmos, the creation. You are not a sinner. That is where it's taking you. If you don't understand that, you don't understand the Enneagram. Yeah. I mean, that's horrifying. That's the exact opposite of what the Word of God teaches, that, you know, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The entire salvation story, the entire purpose of the Bible is to show the fall of man and the need for a Savior right. and the foreshadowing in, in the fullness of time. Gets God sent forward, his son sent forth his son into the world to die for us on the cross and to rise again on the third day to secure for us our redemption, which we needed because we're sinners. So, you know, this, all of this is antithetical to the Christian faith. It's horrifying to me that publishers who claim to be evangelical publishers would publish this nonsense, much less, like you said, pastors may not realize all that's going on here. But, you know, it shows a lack of digging as well. It's just a weird name. My first reaction when I heard about the Enneagram is that doesn't sound good. You know, that (laughs) that doesn't sound good. (laughs) That's weird. I don't need that. I have the word of God. What do I need the Enneagram for? Now I know. Well, you know, as a... our mission is uh, we are missionaries to cults and non-Christian religions. Our primary focus is what do others believe about the world and their place in it? I, As it happens, I go to events and hang out with Wiccans and Buddhists and Hindus, and I ask them questions, and I, and I get to the place where I can share the gospel, and usually I can use something that they've told me about themselves and their beliefs to compare that with what Scripture teaches. And so I'm used to hearing word names and that that sort of thing. Uh, I know that from time to time, Christians get sidetracked, and so occasionally we have to deal with false teaching in the church. Most of the time, it's not overtly, terribly heretical. Uh, We we have a kind of a saying around here, there's heresy and damnable heresy. Uh, Heresy you know, kind of might be something that I don't agree with theologically, but is not going to impinge on your salvation. Damnable heresy will prevent someone from coming to the faith. Exactly. Don, hang on. We're going to pause for yet another break. We'll come back with Don Vino, Richard Rohr, and the Enneagram Secret. You're listening to Janet Meffer today. Stay with us. The Ministry of Preborn is dedicated to helping save preborn babies from abortion through ultrasound, and even in this time of national crisis, Preborn is there. Here's Dan Steiner, president of Preborn. No college classes and sheltering in have led to an explosion of unplanned pregnancies. Women are panicked about their pregnancies and wanting to abort. Our crisis line is the busiest it's ever been. Here's Catherine, one of our crisis line operators. Girls are scared and often seeking abortion as an easy way out. Girls are often desperate 
being pregnant in this pandemic. With your help, we are able to be here for them. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest provider of free ultrasounds in the country and the direct competition to Planned Parenthood. Would you join Preborn in the cause for life? For $140, you can sponsor five ultrasounds. To donate, just call 855-402-BABY, 855-402-2229, or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. Call 855-402-BABY. Thank you. Many people in developing nations have no access to desperately needed medical care. That's why Mercy Ships brings volunteers aboard our hospital ship, the Africa Mercy, to give the world's forgotten poor the free medical care they need. We have an immediate need for registered nurses, especially with a pediatric specialty. As a volunteer nurse, you won't just give life-altering health care. You'll receive so much in return. It's an amazingly rewarding experience. You'll give hope and make a difference in the lives of those who have virtually no access to medical aid. It's such a fantastic thing to do. Everybody who I've met on this ship either wants to come back and do it again or they're already here for the second, third, or tenth time. So what are you waiting for? Show mercy to someone today. I would say go for it. Get more information and learn how to apply by visiting mercyships.org forward slash nurses. That's mercyships.org forward slash nurses. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Welcome back. Great to have you with us and great to have with us Don Vino, president of Midwest Christian Outreach. So appreciative of Don's work. And you can find out more at his website, MidwestOutreach.org. That's correct, right, Don? O-R-G at the end? It is. Okay. MidwestOutreach.org. Excellent. Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret is the book that is just out from Don and his wife, Joy, and Marsha Montenegro. And it's really helpful, Don, because a lot of evangelicals will have heard about the Enneagram. They'll see it on the bios of a lot of these evangelical celebrities and think, what in the world is that? And you've been telling us exactly what this is with the mysticism and the occultism. And yet you were saying before we went to the break, there are heresies and there are damnable heresies. Where does this fall if somebody is embracing the Enneagram and and just did it without really knowing what the background was? Well, it it is a damnable heresy that you don't know the background of it or even what it necessarily teaches. You are still being um, deceived into a false belief system that you in turn will pass on to somebody else. Uh, and, And Timothy, Paul writes about the end times and it says that people will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Uh, can you deceive others unwittingly? The answer is absolutely. Sure. If you yourself are deceived. So you have those who are intentionally deceiving and those who are themselves deceived and in turn deceiving others. Um, is it any better if you were deceived when you're deceiving someone else? No, it's still eternally, uh, eternally uh, damnable as yeah. a result. It's unfortunate. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not taking position on eternal security, not eternal security. I'm saying that if you're bringing someone to the faith and the Enneagram is any part of that at all, uh, they are likely going to be believing on a false Christ, a false God, a false salvation, a false gospel. That's right. That's and serious. It's very serious. Something else you guys have pointed out is that there have been entry points for the Enneagram embracing, not just through evangelical books, but also you've mentioned the homeschool movement is even yeah. beginning to get. Tell us about that, because I know there are a lot of homeschool parents who listen to the show, and they're, they're going to want to know this information that is out there. 
This was really quite shocking to us, uh, as so many other things have been, because uh, the more we look, the, the deeper this gets. Uh, but about uh, all three weeks ago or so, uh, we had some discussions going on on uh, Marsha Montenegro's Facebook page, and one of the homeschoolers uh, had contacted her and said, I just saw a promotion from a podcast, one of the more popular homeschool podcasters, uh, promoting the Enneagram. It was an interview with an Enneagram teacher. We went, well, that's kind of odd. And so Marsha went over and uh, tried to have some dialogue saying, you know, here's the problems with this. Uh, And the person came back and said the most amazing thing. She said, I understand that some people have difficulty with the paganism intertwined with the Enneagram, but we have found it to be very helpful. This is supposedly a Christian broadcaster helping Christian homeschoolers understand Christian stuff in home education, saying they might have some problems with some of the paganism intertwined. As we looked farther, we've discovered uh, some of the publishers of the material uh, homeschoolers use also publish and teach the Enneagram. We have things like the Enneagram for the homeschool mom. Uh, Right now, we're trying to talk with some of the leadership in the homeschooling movement to say, you're going to have an influx. Maybe as much as 40% of current public school students are going to be going to homeschooling this year. It's very likely that's what we're seeing statistically. Mm Because their parents want them to be in a safe environment for learning. This isn't safe. That's amazing. That's amazing. It just proves you always have to be on your guard. You know, I think of Colossians 2, 8, Don, which says, See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world, rather than on Christ. It seems to me from what you're saying here you have this temptation in these evangelical circles to not really embrace the sufficiency of Scripture, that in fact, in Christ and in His Word, that is sufficient for our lives, for our faith and practice. You know, we don't need extra tools that are just kind of fun and, you know, maybe a little bit pagan, but hey, they're helpful. I mean, we should not have that attitude as Christians. Well, we, we really shouldn't. Someone uh, contacted me a couple of days ago and said, well, if I can't use something like this, how will I understand why I do what I do? And I say, okay, well, let me ask you a question. Is Scripture sufficient? They go, of course. I said, okay, here's what Scripture says. You're a sinner, just like me. Right. Uh, and, and here's how you fix the issues that you think are troubling you in your life or may, in fact, be troubling you in your life. Why do you do what you do? Well, you do it because you're a sinner. So here's how to solve that. Focus on how do I serve those around me. Don't focus on how I can fix myself. If you focus on how you can fix yourself, you have missed all of Scripture because it says, he that has begun a good work in you will continue it until the day of Christ Jesus. God saved you. God is sanctifying you. You are going to do it easy, or you are going to do it hard, but rest assured, you're going to do it. Why? Because God is doing it to you, not you. Your focus has to be on God and on Christ, and how do I serve others? If you ask the question of how I serve others, 
the other issues begin diminishing because they become more important than you. Wow. Wow. That's that's so good. And, you know, I was reading this quote from one of these articles on the Internet about this Enneagram, and this was one of the quotes. It's not a coincidence that the rise of the Enneagram has come at a time when pockets of Christianity are making room for the LGBTQ community and other marginalized groups. Many people have seen the human cost of drawing such hard moral lines based on literal interpretations of Scripture, a system that replaces Shame and judgment with acceptance and self-love is an appealing remedy. But isn't this going back to what the Word of God says, that men will be lovers of themselves in the end times? I love myself and my personality and my basic inherent goodness more than I want to hear these hard lines drawn by Jesus, that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. That appeals to the worst of human nature, not the best. Well, it absolutely does, and, and that is the problem, because if you look at yourself, which is, you even look at the titles, The Road Back to You, so it's taking you not to God, but to you. Yes. Uh, the sacred Enneagram. The Enneagram is not sacred. Why is it? Because it helps me to feel better about myself. Uh, you know what? I'm a sinner, and once the faster I come to realization that I'm going to act in sinful ways, the easier it will become for me to say, God, I am desperate and undone, and I need your power and grace to take me through the next minutes of this day. Mm-hmm. When I hear the questions about, well, what about how homosexuals or transsexuals or whatever feel, I have to come back to the same thing. Would you say the same thing to me about adulterers mm-hmm. or child. Sexual sin, as far as I can tell, is sexual sin. Uh, I don't find scriptures make a difference between whether I have sex as an unmarried person with another unmarried person or an adulterer or a homosexual. They are sexual sin and they separate us from God. The same... I'll tell you just a quick, if I have a minute, just a quick funny story. Years ago I was in construction. Uh, I had a client hire hire my company and asked me if I was if I would be okay working with his designer who was gay, and my response was, as long as he doesn't ask me for a date, we'll get along fine. <laughs> and so the first meeting we had, we had to go someplace, and I was going to drive. He called me at the restaurant and said, "I need to drive. Is it okay?" And I said, "Sure. Your gas would be great." The reason he asked is so he always have control of the environment, radio, car, conversation, uh, which meant he would be able to direct what we would talk about. We immediately got into a traffic jam. We're in Chicago, and they are just noted for traffic jams all the time. Within about 10 minutes, he became very uncomfortable, and he asked me the big question, did Ray tell you I'm gay? And I said, yes. He said, do you have a problem with that? I said, not as long as you don't ask me for a date, we'll be fine. Uh, He chuckled, and he said, well, don't you think it's a sin? Here's the big one. I said, absolutely. But there's a lot of things that are sin that I find in Scripture. Homosexuality, adultery, fornication, lying, gossip. I don't know that gossip isn't maybe worse than homosexuality because it damages more people and cannot be fixed as easily. Uh, So the solution to all of those is the same. You need to repent. 
and you need to embrace the salvation that Christ has provided already to deliver you from the lifestyle you are living. Right. Well, and that's the key, is that we're all on the same page when it comes to being in trouble because of our sin nature, and we are born sinners, and we sin, and we all need a Savior, and the only Savior we have is Jesus Christ. And and that's such an important reminder. You don't know what the good news is until you understand what the bad news is. And it's right. so important, Donna. So glad you mentioned that. Richard Rohr and the Enneagram Secret is the name of the book. You can find out more at Midwest Outreach.org. Don Vino, president of Midwest Christian Outreach, has been my guest. And what an honor, Don. It was wonderful to have you with us. And thank you so much for what you do. Thank you so much. Blessings. Blessings to you as well. Thanks for being with us. And thanks for joining us here on Janet Mefford today. Always a pleasure to have you here. And we'll see you next time. 